Giving you the real from A to Z surrounding the Dallas Cowboys. News, updates, rumors, transactions, takes, and more. So strap up, Cowboys Nation, and start your day off with A to Z Sports. Live with Will Steele. Three, two, one. Here we go! Oh, yeah. Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live. We stream it live on YouTube. And of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Boom! Only a few days away, ladies and gentlemen. Today, going to focus on this Niners offense against the Cowboys defense as this Cowboys team gets back on the practice field in preparation for this monster matchup. We're going to talk about who was out there. It's a lengthy list who wasn't. And uh, we'll also bring that up with my guy, Patrick Nosey Walker. Yes, indeed. DallasCowboys.com. The scientific method is coming up. It's weird. It's really weird to think that this team, like the Cowboys, just played this team five games ago. (laughs) Five games ago. Uh, So not a lot has changed on that side for that particular squad, and we'll dive all the way into that. But like I said, it's Thursday, so Pat will be on to join us here at the top of the hour, and we'll get to that in a quick second. But first off, my man is that, man. Shouts out to you, Bomb Squad. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Now, I could have put this I could have put this in the roundup. I decided not to uh because we got we got some things we got to get to. But I'm seeing you guys kind of go through it. So I kind of just want to give a a kind of a sloppy type of uh not quiz here, but a a poll, let's say. I could put it in there, but I'll just give a poll here. Randy Gregory. This seems to be riling up the the nation here. Randy Gregory. You're in or you're out on, on bringing Randy Gregory back here. I didn't think, you know, I didn't think nothing of this. You know, uh, somebody had dropped a super chat yesterday, and then we, we went on Twitter, and I saw it. To me, it was just like, oh, man, hey, I hope Randy Gregory lands on his feet. But then, you know, this kind of gained some steam in Cowboys Nation. It's like, yo, Randy Gregory. I'm like, really? Huh? I, I didn't I didn't see this as a as a thing, but apparently it's a thing here. So Randy Gregory, Cowboys Nation, are you in or are you out? Uh, my particular tweet was, this is a genuine question. Is Randy Gregory even good anymore? Like, I truly do not know that. I haven't watched him. Um, he's not playing a lot. I understand that because he's been injured or whatever. And I basically said, is he good? If he's not, let's just move along. If he is, it, it becomes interesting. But I, I just I didn't know that this was a thing. I just don't really look at Randy Gregory as a needle mover. Uh, but if if he is a needle mover, right? Like I didn't I didn't watch the film. If he is a needle mover, if he is a guy that you think can help get you over the hump or or, or as a solid debt piece, then sure, I guess explore it. But that position, that side of the ball, that particular spot, I wasn't really thinking about when it came to maybe bolstering this team and helping you move forward. So uh look in the chat here. Uh, out, out, a lot of outs, a lot of outs, way out. 
Oh, I didn't expect that. I, I thought we'd get a little bit more. Let's get him, this is Bear. <laughs> Corey said for $38. <laughs> John said, nope. Jerry's not having it. All the way out. Pass. Keep his weed smoking ass out of here. Y'all and y'all feelings. Keep Randy out of here. Out. That's a lot of outs. I'm a bit shocked. I, I, I thought it'd be a little bit more. Based off of what we've seen on, um, you know, around the internet or whatnot. I Look, I didn't think nothing of it until I saw Cowboys Nation kind of get a little bit buzzed from it. Maybe, obviously, he's a former Dallas Cowboy. Uh, but look, man, you know, I wish Randy the, the best. Like, I actually like Randy the person, but I said this on Vach's show. Where's his mental at? If his, if his mental is, is not in line with, with what we got going on with this team, man, I ain't really trying to mess that up. Not saying they ain't going to fit in the locker room, just – we we don't need we need everybody on the same page. We don't need selfish play. We don't not say any selfish, but we don't need that, right? This is we're playing for something here, and this is a serious year. So I, do homework if I'm Dallas, and if it's not if, if if everything ain't clicking, let's move forward. I don't think it's it's something that we should be getting up in arms about. So I just wanted to bring that up. All right, let's jump into this roundup uh, real quick, and coming out of it, we'll talk to Pat uh, about these injuries. So uh, here we go. <laughs> It is time for it's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Let me talk to you. Oh, yeah, I'm feeling way better. I'm about 95%. Yes, indeed. Just a tiny bit congestion, but nothing too crazy. So appreciate you, princess. Something else that was kind of getting a bit of traction uh, yesterday was this whole Trey Lance thing. Will he provide an edge because he was with Kyle Shanahan and, you know, obviously he knows the playbook and things like that. Uh, But both Schottenheimer and Shanahan kind of downplayed it and joked about it. Shotty joked about it, but he said it's more about their play style than what they're going to run. Essentially, they are who they are. This this is a team that plays physical and they play with tempo. Uh, Trey Lance isn't really going to be able to tell you something you don't already know based off the film. And that's kind of what Shanahan said. He downplayed it as well. And he also joked and said, hey, I hope Trey's talking to him. I hope they spend all the time talking to Trey Lance instead of doing the simple stuff like watching the tape. And so, you know, simple question to you guys. And I'll give you my answer. Will Trey Lance provide an edge because he was with the 49ers just six weeks ago? If there's any edge that he will provide, to me, it's, it's minimal. This, this is a team that does not hide who they are. This isn't a team that's going to trick you by showing you something that you haven't seen. They are, they are arrogant. They don't give a damn that you know what we're going to run. It's a matter of can you stop it and can you be where you need to be based off all this misdirection. And we'll talk about that in regards to the offense a little bit later. But I, I don't really see a significant edge that Trey Lance will provide because he was in that room more than what you see on film, especially since you've played this team, right? Like you've you've been you've been in the trenches with this team the last two playoff games and in five games ago. Uh, if anything, and I think they talked about this with Will Greer, maybe there's some checks that he might know, but I'm pretty sure Shanahan ain't that stupid to roll out the same exact checks, the same exact uh, you know 
things that will be said pre and post snap or in that huddle. So I, I don't really see it as much of, a, of an advantage. If there's any, maybe a small one. But th- this team, I, I'm, I venture to guess, they'll tell you how they're going to run, how they're going to play. And for about 90% of the league, they won't be able to stop it. Because of, like Shadi said, they play physical, they play with a tempo, and not, not every team can match that, especially for four quarters. However, I think this one can, and we'll talk about that in a second. Lengthy injury report for the Cowboys yesterday. Uh, I didn't expect that one. Let's talk about all these. Let's break them down a little bit. Some new names. Damone Clark, he's on the injury report. Uh, shoulder, he was limited. Malik Hooker. Also, shoulder, he was limited. Michael Parsons, we know he had the knee situation, uh, but he's he's good to go, but he they're going to take it easy. He was also limited. Who had rest days? Zach Martin, considered a rest day. Uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if it was really a rest day, but it says rest day, and then obviously the thigh situation. Did not practice. Stephon Gilmore, getting the veterans rest day this week. Last week, it was Demarcus Lawrence and CeeDee Lamb, who also... Got a rest day this week as well uh, for the Cowboys. Weird one, though. It says rest, not injury-related rest slash knee for, for CD. I'm going to ask Pat about that. That's a strange one to me. But uh doesn't seem to be anything to be worried about for CD and Demarcus Lawrence. Just another rest day here. Those guys played some good ball uh this past weekend when they did do that. Did not practice. There were two of them. Rico Dowdle with the hip situation. Uh, apparently, he was off to the sides on the cords. And Peyton Hendershot is still nursing his ankle, which, hey, man, y'all know how I feel about Sean McEwen. Sean McEwen has some big plays in that game, showed his blocking prowess and his hustle. Uh, so I'm, I think we can survive if Peyton Hendershot is still uh, nursing and let him get healthy and wait till he comes back. And then Tumi Doga practicing full, but a different injury popped up. It says knee, so maybe he has a knee situation bothering him, but he practiced in full. Apparently, he might be over the elbow. Uh, but... I want to get into a little bit more detail on a couple of these other guys when we talk to uh, Patrick Nosey Walker of DallasCowboys.com. So a really long list for the Cowboys on the other side of the ball. The 49ers had a few few names. Uh, I believe John Feliciano, who's the backup center, he's in the concussion protocol. But the big one uh, was obviously Debo Samuels. He's dealing with, I believe, uh, some a rib situation. And you saw him go down last week, and you kind of cringe like, ah, come on, man, not again, because Debo had went down last year a little bit. And uh, he popped back up, so he's dealing with some ribs, but uh, not really sure. We'll see. We'll follow with the Niners, with those guys who's going to play, who's not going to play as the week goes along. But it is an extremely long uh, injury report for the Cowboys, and that's why it's important to get a guy in here like none other than Patrick Nosey Walker of DallasCowboys.com, ladies and Gentlemen, if I could find my button here. Here we go. Can't bring Pat in here without the damn science button. What's good, Pat? <laughs> hey, man, I'm like 17 people over here, man. Listen, I was about to say that button, uh, that thing just kind of elusive, eh? <laughs> you got some no, but you know what, bro? Those that don't know, for those that don't know, when it comes to um, hosting and producing and editing your own show, and I've been there before, for those that know, don't know, you got to have, like, three heads and, and, like, 20 pairs of hands. Like, it's, it's serious. I respect it. I respect it. If you can't find that button, 
you know, no harm, no foul, brother. I appreciate you, big dog. How you doing this morning? I'm good, man. No complaints. Just, you know, ready for Sunday, man. Ready for Sunday. Indeed. Let's give him some little science here, man. Uh, this injury report this this week, Pat, was was really lengthy. I wouldn't go as, as far as, say, concerning just yet, but can you give us an update on everybody if you can? But at least the main the main situations here, and then let me know if there's some light at the end of the tunnel for a guy like Tyron Smith. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm going to actually uh, – we want to play volleyball a little bit here because I'm driving. Gotcha. But uh, I'm going to go down the list as much as I can, and then anybody I miss, just throw them back at me, and I'll give you the, the update. So let's start with the uh, the more pressing of, of all of them. Obviously, let's say Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons banged up his knee and ankle in the wind over the Patriots. Uh, he said he's good to go. He said it now several times. I had some conversations around the building, and uh, it, Michael Parsons is indeed good to go. Uh, great news for the Cowboys, to say the least. Uh, Zach Martin had a, a quad issue in that same game. Um, Zach Martin, is he was limited yesterday. Um, which is good news because, you know, he participated at all. Then at least it shows that there is a, a very, very strong chance that he's on the field. Obviously, he returned last week uh, from that rolled ankle. Cowboys are going to definitely need him and Tyler Biadish, uh, and both are expected to be on the field as long as nothing worsens with Zach Martin. Uh, keeping to the offensive line, Tyron Smith, uh, it sounded real 50-50 right now. Mm. Um, talking to people around the building and, and just yesterday, the expectation was that uh, Tyron would be limited uh, in practice, but he never made it that far. So he got to, through the rehab group, and then they basically said, okay, that's it for today. Now, I will say this uh, being the caveat, Thursday obviously is a ramp-up day for the Cowboys. If Tyron Smith does anything at all in practice, then it will be a positive sign. But I don't like the um, I don't like the air around that one, and, and that would be disappointing if he can't take the field if he cannot take the field, but it's still very much wait and see, touch and go with Tyron Smith. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Peyton Hendershot missed last week with an ankle injury that cropped up on last Friday. Sean McEwen was elevated in his absence. He also he did not participate uh, Hendershot yesterday in practice. Uh, I don't know what he's, he's going to do today. We'll find out on that. Uh, Malik uh, Hooker cropped up with a shoulder injury, but he was limited. So it looks like that's just something that he's working through. It's not the first thing that he's worked through this week. Uh, and I look, I talked to him yesterday, and he sounds like he's in very good spirits. I don't foresee any issues with Malik Booker. Uh, but, again, we still have several days before the game, so let's make sure that he stays that way before we put anything on there. Rico Dowdo, he did not participate yesterday in practice. But his hip injury is a hip contusion, so no structural damage, negative x-rays, the MRI was positive. And you, the reason you say that, for those that don't remember, it was it's big news because a hip injury is what put him on IR for the entirety of the 2021 season. Yeah, I was nervous. So when he left that game on Sunday, yeah, when he left that game on Sunday in the third quarter and was immediately ruled out and it was a hip injury, I sat back in my seat and shook my head and, and literally said, please, not this again. And I talked to Rico uh, in the locker room right after the game, and he was all smiles. He said the x-rays were negative, MRI was the next day. So positive outlook on Rico. But if he can't go, this week, expect Malik Davis to get that elevation. Uh, who am I missing? Chuma Doga, he was on the injury report, but he was full. The rest of the guys, with the exception of Damone Clark, Damone Clark's shoulder injury, he was limited. Sounds like they're just being precautious with him. Um, and then the other guys were just veteran rest days from Jonathan Hankins to Demarcus Lawrence, uh, C.D. Lamb, uh, Stephon Gilmore. I mean, they had a lot of veterans getting off day yesterday. So unless I missed someone, unless I missed my guess, 
I think that's everybody. I think you got everybody. I, one, one last thing here. I'm just curious. What does NIR rest slash knee mean for Lamb? Because if it's not injury related, why did they add knee to the? Yeah, the that, that's weird. It's kind of a yeah, kind of a technicality, which is weird. Um, I think he's if the way the NFL demands the injury report be set up is that if a guy has any kind of pain. Ideally, the NFL wants that to be on the injury report. Now, you and I both know that's not realistic because guys play with pain all the time. And if yeah. that were, if it were held to that standard, then everybody's injury report by week eight would read like the, the whole team, board, right? So, yeah, the whole team, everybody's entire team. Um, so, I think that's just one of those things where C.D. Lamb was going to get the day off yesterday for rest anyway, just as he did last Wednesday. Um, but then going through the uh, the medical, they said, hey, is there anything at all? And he said, hey, yeah, this. And they like, okay, throw that on there. But if it were truly injury-related, then they would not have been able to use NIR, which is not injury-related. So that's how you take that away. If you ever see NIR, like with Zach Martin, for example, that NIR, NIR tells you that it doesn't matter what he's dealing with, he was going to be rested, uh, get a good bit of rest anyway. That was the last week designation. So you'll see kind of how that plays out politics-wise. But there's no concern on C.D. Lamb. Gotcha. I mean, he, he's ready to go. I, I talked to him yesterday a couple of times, and, you know, he's just flashing the pearly whites. He's ready to get to San Francisco. Another one that was kind of flashing those pearly whites uh, in regards to his injury was was Tony Pollard. Uh, he opened up a bit about his injury coming off of the Niners' uh, loss in the playoffs, and you can just tell he's he's excited to be back out here for this. And, I, I know, sometimes it gets overlooked. It really shouldn't be overlooked, but – you know, when he went out in that game, it felt like the offense went with him. But when he talked to the press yesterday, when he talked to you guys, and I'm not sure if you talked to him off the record, uh, but what, what's his – how's he feeling going into this game knowing that, you know, last time he was on that stadium, uh, it ended the way it ended? Uh, he, he is chapping at the bit. Uh, there's no other way for me to put it. Uh, like he said, like you saw yesterday in the uh, the interview with the media, he was – you know, frustrated and kind of disappointed, not kind of disappointed, but very disappointed uh, in, you know, the injury and when it happened and the magnitude of the game. And like he said yesterday, the Cowboys were in position to score. They had driven down the field. They were making strides on that that particular um, possession, and they were likely about to punch it in and get some points, and then he goes down with a broken leg. And like you said, the Cowboys offense went to the sideline with him. They didn't have – another dynamic playmaker uh, in the backfield like that to kind of offset what they were trying to do in the passing game, and it just wrecked the entire afternoon for the Cowboys, which is why, I mean, you lose 12 to 19. If you, you know, ideally you hold the uh, San Francisco 49ers to 19, you win that game. That That's how it's supposed to be looked at. But without the offense and without Tony Pollard, it wasn't there. So, you know, Pollard is, is just ready to get back out there. He wants some revenge. Um, you know, he, he is balancing saying that, the Cowboys approach every game the same way with those little tea leaves kind of peeking out every once in a while that let you know, like, yeah, this is the game. This is the game. He's returning to the scene of the crime, and he wants to get to wants to get to it. And the beauty of it for the Cowboys is not only are they returning with, you know, their top playmaker and Tony Pollard back on the field, but they're also returning with a stable of other playmakers, including yes. the backfield as well. So, yeah, Pollard is ready to get to work. Yeah, man, you, you you said it right there. And I want to pick that right back up because, you know, this is a Cowboys-Niners trilogy now with this particular set, right? Dan Quinn and Shanahan and, you know, their guys, our guys. Most of these players were here in 2021, 2022, and now we're going for round three. And, and I think I can feel the energy 
of the importance of this game just just through the screens, right? Your phone or your TV or your your uh, computer. But the players are talking about how, hey, this is not another game. The coaches are saying this is this is not another game. And, and the Cowboys have you know brought over a lot more players to help you know get over this hump. But are you feeling that energy uh, when you're walking around a star from the organization that this is a big game? Here? Hell. Yes, I am. Yes. Uh, from the coaching staff to the to the front office personnel that are walking around, and and most certainly from the players. I mean, these guys are ready. Uh, talk to LVE directly after the um, the win over the Patriots, and he echoed something that he said during training camp when he was asked about the 49ers, and uh, he said, "I had that circled." So when you talk about leaders like LVE and Demarcus Lawrence, now Demarcus, of course, Demarcus is Demarcus. Like Tank is Tank. So when he was asked uh, about the 49ers this week, he was like, "Oh, is that who we play this week?" Okay, Tank, we get it. Yeah, Tank, we get it. You're the man. Do, do yeah, do your thing. We get it. We get it. The shade is is fun. Um, but these guys, man, uh, they're ready to get out there, and they know that this is a game that they need to have. Yeah. And I know that there are a lot of people saying, well, it's only week five. Do you need to have this game? The Cowboys need to have this game because for morale purposes, for the purposes of sending the message that they've officially arrived and they're actually ready to contend and possibly go on a playoff run, this is the team you got to beat to do it. I, I'm not so much worried about the Philadelphia Eagles. Cowboys have shown they can handle the Philadelphia Eagles. But recently they've shown that they can't handle the 49ers. Uh, albeit close games, so this is the, this is their boogeyman, and, and until they uh, kill their boogeyman, mm-hmm. they, they're not going to be able to get over that hump, even if only mentally. So if they were to go out there and lose this game, then of course for the rest of the season it'll be hovering above their head, and yeah. you know it might impact this or that. But if they go out there and they beat the 49ers, especially if they beat them decisively, there are no more questions about can they do it. But then there are also no more questions about if the 49ers are the best team in the NFC, because if they were, they wouldn't lose to the Cowboys, who have the best defense in the NFC and have a chance if, and I will get to X-Factors in a second, this is your segue, if one of my X-Factors explodes like I think he will, then this offense might be one of the best in the league as early as Sunday. Well, 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 sir. Segway Jones, because I got a feeling I know who this (laughs) X-Factor is. (laughs) <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole bunch of dudes, bro. Like this team, Cowboys, yep. Niners, this matchup. I mean, you this this kind of remind. And I hate to go back to the '90s, but but I, look, man, this reminds me of when they battled in that way. Those were the best two teams in the NFC, and you had so many great players on both sides of the ball. But you know, you, it's hard to narrow it down to one guy. But it sounds like you have. So, who is your X factor in this battle of dudes in this matchup? I have two, one on each side of the ball. Let's do it. First, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks. Uh, I think this is the week that Brandon Cooks explodes um, against opposing an opposing defense. I mean, week one muted because of rain and what the defense was able to do. Week two, he misses because of the knee injury. Week three, he gets back, but he's trying to work his way into the system. And of course, that didn't go well with the Cardinals just in general. Uh, and then you had three starting offensive linemen out. Mike McCarthy admits he overreacted. He shrunk the playbook, took some of the verticality out. Now week four, uh, Michael Gallup, he's found his legs. Jalen Tolbert, he's finding his legs. CeeDee Lamb already had his legs. Who's missing? Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. And this is, a, this is the California boy going back to California. And not just that, the Stockton, California guy, he was born and raised only an hour from Santa Clara, which would they'll be playing ball. 
So it's going to be comfortable air for Brandon Cooks as far as I don't think this feels like a home field advantage for the 49ers when you talk about guys like Cooks and Bland. This is their home dirt, right? This is their home air. And I think this is where the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy also finally dig deep into that bag because you can't hold anything back if you want this game. And you want this game and you need this game. So no more, you know, let's shut down this part of the playbook uh, because of this, no, you need to go out there and absolutely rain hell upon the 49ers with your offense. And I think Brandon Cooks is going to be a huge part of that. Flipping to the defensive side of the ball, so many dudes to talk about. I, I could go for Michael Parsons. I could go for Tank. I could go for Osa, Neville Gallimore coming on very strong. I could go for LVE. You saw him impact last game. I could go for the secondary. Matter of fact, I will go for the secondary. Oh. Hello, Donovan Wilson. Ooh. <laughs> Donovan Wilson, I believe, is going to be an X factor. Here's why. I believe that as much as you know, you know as well as I know, you have to bottle up two specific players in order for the Cowboys to be successful against the Niners' offense. Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Those two guys exist for Yak. They, they came out of the womb <laughs> averaging eight yards after the carry, or after the catch. So you have to Eight make sure that you bottle them up. I'm t- that's the bars. You have to make sure you bottle them up and play sideline to sideline. Here's where Donovan Wilson's going to come into play in that. Number one, he's going to be utilized as far as helping to get additional pressure on Brock Purdy. It's also uh, key to note that Brock Purdy, although he has no interceptions thrown, he's fumbled the ball four times when he was under duress in the pocket. He only mm-hmm. lost one of those. But those are against teams that average less than a takeaway per game. Cowboys average two and a half takeaways per game. Chances will be there for the Cowboys Science. to take the ball away when they hit Purdy. But yeah, it will be there. Cowboys just got to, you know, take the ball away when it, when it gets the opportunity, and they will. But Donovan Wilson, he's going to be integral in helping create added pressure, putting Brock Purdy under duress. But when the ball gets in the hands of guys like Christian McCaffrey, when it gets in the hands of guys like Debo Samuel, not only do you need a guy who could meet them at the point of attack, you need a guy with that kind of build and that kind of dog and that tone setter so that when he meets them at the point of attack, he makes them wish that they hadn't caught the ball. That's Donovan Wilson because then it starts to play into a guy hearing footsteps the next time he catches a screen pass or something like that. So Donovan Wilson is going to be massive as far as helping contain those two guys and pressuring Purdy on the offensive side of the ball. I think there's going to be a whole lot of California love for Brandon Cooks when he gets back out to uh, Santa Clara. Dallas will be going, going back, back to Cali, Cali. Hey, Cali, Cali. Appreciate you, Pat. Uh, let them know where they can find your work at, man, because I know you're about to drop. Uh, usually today you drop your science lab, right? You know it, brother. Yes, I was up uh, for several hours yesterday doing research for the science lab. It drops this morning, 10 a.m. Central Time on DallasCowboys.com. And it is a very, very deep and heavy read as far as finding the cracks in San Francisco's armor. It was not easy, but let me tell you, when I found them, oh, they jumped right out at me. So the Cowboys have several ways they can attack this, this San Francisco team and come out with a win. So you want to definitely grab that read to find out how they can do it. Let's do it, man. Appreciate you, big dog. We'll talk to you next week. It's Patrick Nosey Walker, the Scientific Method, DallasCowboys.com. See how smooth we get with this thing, man. See how smooth we get with this thing. Shouts out to Patrick No C Walker. Make sure y'all keep up with him on Twitter uh, at the Voice of the Star. If you're not following him, you're really not doing it right. 
really not doing it right. Uh, he's going to provide you the real, and he's going to give you the in-depth science on your Dallas Cowboys. Y'all know how we do, right? I'm going to take a quick little break, let y'all get recalibrated here. Uh, we'll come back, and we are going to preview this Niners offense against this Cowboys defense. All right? You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steele. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. I appreciate that, Princess. Said the music is bomb. Uh, time is. Right, we got a couple callers in there. We'll get to y'all a little bit later. Was thinking about holding off the calls for tomorrow for Fan Friday, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I want to jump into this this matchup because me personally, aside from the Cowboys getting ran on in 2021, um. Uh, the defense, I think, has had answers. If you look at the, the thumbnail, I feel like there's answers. And I know I shouldn't I shouldn't say this, really, but Dan Quinn in his press conference kind of seemed, he, he was smiley, like, hey, man, this is fun. And I think he said it's fun because, obviously, the 49ers offense is fun. It is a fun offense to watch, the fun offense to study and whatnot, but the Cowboys defense is fun because of the way we can match up with them and, I think, any team in the National Football League when we're on our A game. Uh, but Dan Quinn, in his presser earlier this week, you know, he was asked about this team and this offense and, and, and what it can can provide and what the Cowboys can do against it. And this is what he had to say. I don't, it's fun, you know, like they play a system that has uh, guys playing multiple positions, and we do too. And uh, they've got receivers that can play running back, running backs that play receivers. We got some linebackers that can rush. We got some that can go down and back, and safeties that go down. So uh, there's going to be all sorts of fun matchups in this game, and. Uh, It'll be a lot of uh, late nights and uh, a lot of studying to go because uh, they really push you to you know prepare and, and we'll do every bit of that. But uh, we've got a group that moves guys around and, and does that in the same way. So I think there'll be some uh, fun matchups that you'll see in the game. One question short, how important will we pursue this game from all 11 guys? Yeah, I think you know just knowing Kyle's nature, they, they want to attack you know, the entire field. And so uh, their wideouts are certainly down the field. If, if I remember correctly, and I wasn't scouting the game at the time, but if I remember we might have been playing a night game, but they played a long run against Pittsburgh. And I can remember a receiver just hauling ass, getting downfield and getting a block. Are and uh, that shows you the competitive nature of the group. And these are going to be two tough-ass, hard-nosed you know, units going against one another. It would be a lot of fun. I mean, it really is. At the end of the day, uh, it, it, you know, removing, obviously, our fandom and just watching football, like this is going to be a banger. I, I think this might be the best matchup all year. Seriously, uh, best game, best matchup, both sides of the ball all year across the National Football League. But um, he talked about fun matchups, and I just got to thinking. We were talking about this, uh, I think, last week, or maybe it was Monday or what have you. But when he says we've got some fun matchups, I can't help but think about Marquise Bell and Wanya Thomas, right? Going back and watching the film last year, you saw so many times they just caught, I shouldn't say so many times, but a handful of times, important moments. They caught Anthony Barr. I lied to you now. They had Anthony Barr and Brad Nayuk. How that happens, I don't know. But it happened. Uh, you caught Anthony Barr on 
uh, Christian McCaffrey. You just saw them kind of take advantage of it. They got a couple first downs on that situation. Anthony Barr was not good in that game. Wanye Thomas and Marquise Bell, I think, are, are matchup style of players. Last year, we thought that was Izzy, and it, in a way it was. He, he matched up with Juwan Jennings because he was a big slot. He matched up earlier in the, in the postseason against uh, Godwin because he's a big slot. In this matchup in particular, I don't think they necessarily need to do that because they have their slot guy. This is another another situation here is that Jordan Lewis is playing in this game. Not, not saying that that's going to tilt the scales or anything like that, but you've got an actual nickel corner that's experienced, that plays physical, that, that understands the defense and understands – you know, this game a little bit more than a, than a guy like uh, Izzy, who, who played, look, he played fine, no, no doubt about it. But you get that guy back now, too. Um, so I'm thinking about Wanye, and I'm thinking about Marquise, and I, and I think that we might see Dan play some some games with those two guys. How much? Might not be a whole lot, but, but in the minimal reps or the minimal role they may have, I do think it could be of importance. Here's, here's the other side to it. To Wanya Thomas and to Marquise Bell. We love the energy they play with. We love the tenacity. We love their speed, their pursuit, right? We talk about all that stuff you're going to need, and all those things helped you contain that offense last year. But the one thing we need from them when they are out there, which we saw last year against this team in the playoffs, is discipline. This is the one team you cannot afford to go out there and just be running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Can't do it, won't do it. Because if you do, one crease, one player being where they're not supposed to be could be the result of a five-yard gain to a 50-yard gain. Could be the result of a three-yard gain to a 20-yard gain. Could it be a result of a tackle for loss in a five-yard game. Game. So it's going to be of importance for all these guys, young, old, veteran, whatever, doesn't matter, to play discipline. And I thought that's something that they did last year in spades and I thought that was something that uh I said this I think on Twitter you know I was proud of when watching this team last year you know running back this game because I ended up watching a couple games this season I said okay got that out the way the best game to watch is the team that you know y'all played them already last year and you just saw this defense play with such discipline they played with pursuit um it, it, it was a game where you could you could walk away with your head held high now did the Niners make a few plays sure they did Absolutely, they did. But when it came to edge containment, right, when it came to not allowing, like this play right here in particular, a lot of people don't make this play. Demarcus Lawrence is so damn good, though. And that was because he he made, he remained disciplined. You saw Trayvon Diggs, and, you know, I got a tear rolling down my eye because Trayvon Diggs won't be out there. Uh, but you just saw these guys play some disciplined ball and, and make things tough for the 49ers. If I'm being completely honest, there's only really one game where the Niners kind of kind of ran into some tough sledding. It was against the um, it was against the the Rams a few times, but other than that, they kind of had it, kind of did whatever they wanted to do this year, whenever they wanted to do it. So whether you're young, which that's going to be the toughest part, the young guys out there, or you're a veteran, they have to be they have to remain disciplined in this game, and and I have confidence that they will. So let's take a look at this 49ers offense right now. So far, they are third. And points scored. Second in total yards. So they moving the ball pretty damn well from top to bottom. And this is going to sound, if, you, if you've if you ever watched the show last year when we talked about them, hell, even two years ago, 
Not much is changing from what I'm about to say about this offense, but this is one of the most aggressive pre-snap motion teams I've ever seen in my life. And not just from the sheer volume of it, right? Like, oh, they do it so much. I'm talking about literally. Like, the way they run their motion, that individual, the way they run it, they run it so hard. They run it with such aggression that that it makes you believe that's where the play is heading. And the next thing you know, their post-snap action is just as aggressive. You got a tight end coming one way. You got, I mean, there's a play, I don't know if I had it in there, but there's a play where George Kittle starts uh, in line, motion to the backfield. Now you kind of got like a two-back set back there. Then Debo does an orbit motion behind him, and Christian McCaffrey gets the handoff, and they fake the Debo. And it's a lot going on pre- and post-snap. That's why I'm very emphatic about you being disciplined against this offense because they're going to test your discipline. Um, and one of the one of the ways to combat that, and I thought Dallas did this last year because of a particular guy, and I, and I thought, and maybe I'll bring this up again tomorrow. Actually, I am. When we do our uh, keys, our key matchups or whatever. I, I'm sorry, I have to. Jonathan Hankins. That is one way to disrupt all of that or combat all of that. And if you go back and you watch Jonathan Hankins against this team, man, it was it was a night and day difference from 2021 to 2022. Just night and day because Hankins controlled the line of scrimmage. If you go look at maybe some PFF grades or you might go look at like total statistics, you might be like, oh, Hank, then, no, 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 go watch the film. Jonathan Hankins was absolutely a huge part of why you were able to control the line of scrimmage in this game for majority of the game. Now you get Hank. By the way, this was his second game back from his his arm injury, right? This wasn't even midseason form, Hank. This was he was out for five weeks, Hank, and now you know he's coming back in his second game. Hankins is available, ready to roll. He's been in the system for a while now, and you get Mozzie next to him. Oso was a nice in this game, but you get year three Oso, who's even better now. Demarcus Lawrence, Michael Parsons, Dorrance Armstrong, like Dante Fowler. Like you've got the front. You've got the front to hang with these guys up there. It's going to come down to being disciplined, wrapping up, and tackling. We're going to need the second level to play well in this game. I do think the second level is better than they were last year. I think in, in regards to Anthony Anthony Barr, I, I take Damone Clark over Anthony Barr right now. Um, and I think Damone Clark in coverage at the very least will be better. Uh, I think you saw him be a bit more downhill last week. And in and, and having Hank in his game, I think you'll, you'll see him be downhill again this week. But if we can get that second level to just to, to play solid, because they were solid in that game. I don't think they were spectacular. Uh, LV only had one stop in that game as opposed to six the previous season in the playoffs. Barr just, just wasn't good. Just wasn't good to me. But Jonathan Hankins, man, to me, he, he's the biggest X factor in this game uh, because they just had trouble. Whenever the Cowboys lined him up right over the center, they just had trouble dealing with him. The guy in control of all of this that's on the field, not necessarily calling the plays, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's playing good ball. I mean... I can sit here and 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 try to poo-poo Brock Purdy. Uh, he seems to be the prototypical quarterback for Kyle Shanahan. Is Brock Purdy playing perfect ball? No, although his QBR might say, but no, 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 no. He, he has five turnover-worthy plays and four fumbles, right? So those five turnover-worthy plays are fourth in the league, tied for fourth in the league, 
And the Cowboys had a couple themselves that they should have had last year that they they dropped. And that was that's one of the things about the defense in the playoffs, but that's something we'll get to. For whatever reason, it's like that that turnover button just turns off. And, and it, it's a bit frustrating. But you had two opportunities to get an interception on Brock Purdy, one in the first quarter, one in the fourth quarter, or, or late third, uh, where Trayvon Diggs dropped the pick. So he'll he'll give you a few. He'll give you opportunities. Not a lot. There's not going to be a whole lot of opportunities he's going to give you because the scheme is, is designed to get guys wide open or just throw it away. But you have to take advantage of it. You have to, man. And he's getting rid of the ball faster this year, by the way. By three-tenths of a second. You know, He's down from 2.73 in 2022 to 2.43. And if we take the last three games, it's down to 2.25 seconds. So... They want to get the ball out of his hands fast and get it to guys like Debo Samuels, Brandon Guy, Brandon IU, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle. You know, the Yak Bros is what they call them. This is a Yak team. But don't don't fall asleep on the Yakness, right? Don't fall asleep on, oh, they're just going to throw the ball to him short and let everything work. Because one of the things they like to do is run that play action or run a fake, and they'll drop Brock Purdy really deep, and they'll allow Brandon Ayuk to go run a deep over or Samuel, if he's involved in it, run a deep over. Sometimes it's two of them. Sometimes it's deep crossers. And if you don't get home, it's just space and opportunity and Brandon Ayuk just running the space. So that's why it's going to be important to get home on Brock Purdy. Uh, he, he's an aggressive player, you know, when, when those opportunities present themselves. And he's not afraid to throw it, throw that rock there. So you've got to be ready for that. I call it a respected confidence that he has, not necessarily an arrogance. You know, we talk about arrogant arms. I just think he he has a confidence that's respected because his offense is a really good offense. So you must protect against that deep over, and you must get home because uh, if you don't, now you got Ayuk and Samuel running the space, and then, you, oh, hey, George Kittle underneath. Next thing you know, he's getting some yak. So be be ready for that. But this all starts and ends with Christian McCaffrey. It all starts and ends with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, probably the most complete running back in the National Football League right now. I, I think people kind of get it twisted with, with CMC that, oh, he's a little guy, can't run between the tackles. Dude runs hard between the tackles. He runs downhill. The difference is he he can run downhill, sift through the trash, and now next thing you know, it's a 60-yard game. So, you've you again, you have to own the line of scrimmage and make Christian McCaffrey slow up. Now, when they're not running downhill, and they're trying to get a convoy outside with him or Debo, he's very good at sifting through the trash out there as well. Really, really good at doing it. So you just got to be disciplined. You just got to contain the edges and then fill those gaps. Uh, Pat talked about Donald being his X factor. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when it when it comes to coming downhill and tackling guys like Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. So you know, if you can contain him, you're, you're definitely going to be in this thing. And if you And if you contain him, that means guess what? They're behind the sticks. If you can make them live behind the sticks, you are in for a good day, I think, because we have the defense to match up. Maybe another defense. They might say, oh, second and 10, I don't care, right? Because it's it's a bad defense. Not this one. When you got them behind the sticks in that game in Santa Clara, man, you 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 fare pretty well for the most part. Um, and you can unleash that pass rush with Micah and the boys. So get them behind the sticks and win the line of scrimmage. And that line of scrimmage, I think, will be a little easier to win uh, than in years past, with all you know, respects to you know Trent Williams. Trent Williams is Hall of Famer, right? First ballot. As soon as he retires, just put him in there, and he's still a dog. But it's basically Trent and the gang. 
And that interior, I don't even think it's as good as it was last year. In fact, I think it's a liability. Um, and they're not going to scheme anything to where they're trying to run mono a mono type of stuff. No, 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 no. They're going to get zone blocks going. They're going to get traps. There's counters. There's pulls. They want these guys moving because I personally do not think that uh, they can bang with you one-on-one on the interior. Not many teams can, in my opinion. There's not a whole lot of teams that can go with Hankins, Mozzie, uh, Osa all game, and then you slide D-Law in there sometimes. Sometimes you see Sam, Micah. He'll he'll be he'll be lined up over in the A or B gap. So, you know, I, I think you can control this line of scrimmage a little bit easier uh this season, but or this game. But it's about the scheme, right? And it's about the mentality they play with. They know they're not the greatest, but they're gonna fire off and try to still be physical as well. So you gotta be ready for all that misdirection that helps aid, in my opinion, uh, not the greatest offensive line. And, and and that's for years. This is why I've been saying when we had Kellen, like, I get we got who we got out there, right? But I watch other teams have a worse offensive line and they're able to do things because they do it schematically. And that's what Kyle Shanahan does. Uh, there was a game, though, where the mouse in the house from a tackle standpoint, obviously it's not Trent, but the dude's name I think is Colton McKivitz, uh, the right tackle. He's already given up four sacks and three of them came in the one game where you had two bookend rushers. Like you're going to have Mike and you're going to have D-Law. Not many teams can deploy that, right? The Pittsburgh Steelers can. Uh, I believe Highsmith and obviously former defense player of the year, TJ Watt, and they whooped McKivitz. He gave up three sacks and five pressures in that game, and I think you're going to be able to put the pressure on him all game with, doesn't matter, D-Law, Michael Parsons, Dorrance. I think D-A can get at him. Dante, whomever that lines up over there, I think can get at him because we got the depth to do it. So that's my mouse in the house right there. Fine the right tackle, scheme up things over there. Uh, I'd imagine Kyle Shanahan is, is is understanding that too. And if you can win that matchup, you're putting them behind the sticks and then you're setting yourself up for some success defensively. But because of DQ, man, because of the, the dudes we got on this side of the ball, I feel that we match up very well. It's just minimize the big plays because they're going to attempt those. That That's in the wheelhouse, the, the play actions, the, the deep, deep drops and just run the space, minimize those big plays, wrap up, tackle against these screens, and and you're going to be in this game to, to, dare I say, shut down the Niners' offense. But for any other team, that might be blasphemous to say, but they were coming into the Cowboys game last year rolling. They didn't come out of there rolling. So I feel very, very confident in this defense holding. I just do. debating if i want to do these phones today or save it for tomorrow man save it for tomorrow that's what i'm thinking about so uh let me go see if we uh if i miss any super chats here before we uh make that this that executive decision because friday friday is going to be a, a full-fledged fan friday for sure but i'll jump into the chat as well i'll jump into the chat let me just make sure i ain't miss some of y'all who's been dropping some super chats here let me see Okay, we good. We good to go. So uh, let's wrap to you guys and see what you're saying here. So that's kind of my prognosis on the uh, this matchup here. I didn't have to go in super super detail. I mean, I wanted detail, but I feel like we match up very well with this team, uh, this offense. I don't think a lot of teams can say that. And when you got a guy like Dan Quinn, man, NDQ, I trust. But, but 
the last scheme you played that made you do all the eye candy and window dressing, you got whooped, right? Like you got whooped. So learn from that. That that's why, again, if you, if I may, before I get into the chat, that's why I said what I said about I'm not melting down about the loss to the Arizona Cardinals happening when it happened. Because the last thing I wanted to do is okay, now we know. That type of scheme gave you trouble. Learn from it and, and, and get better for it. Had you, for whatever reason, had a fluky, weird game where the game's over. It's 38 to nothing at halftime or something crazy like it was against. I shouldn't call it fluky, but a blowout. You probably wouldn't have known that that offense is going to give you trouble. So, so you know, okay, they do very similar things over here with the San Francisco 49ers in regards to deep overs and, and, and concepts and pre-snap motion, post-snap action that you can be prepared for. You obviously got the film from last year too, but now it's out the way. There's no, if, if something crazy happens in this game, you come out saying, oh man, well, you know, we're taking our lickings. This was the first time this happened, yada, yada, yada. No, no, you, you've you ran into a team that has done this before. There's no excuse. You should come out here and be prepared for it. And I believe they will be. I believe they will be. Uh, pretty, I want to save tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to save for tomorrow, for sure. Chandra wants curse on Purdy. Curse is never really the, uh, what do you call it, the spy guy. And the thing with Purdy, right, if I may, he, he, he's not going to run, run, but he'll he'll scramble around. He'll run around, if that makes sense. But he won't take off on you, and he's going to finish the game with 57 rushing yards type situation. Nah, don't do that. Depending on the season forward, which position will be needed? Oh, come on. Hey, Alina, draft question? This game? We got a draft question? Sorry, bro. I'm just not in my mind. Even nowhere near no draft right now, bro. Nope. Not even nowhere near it. Yeah, Ayuk is their number one. Been their number one wide receiver since last year. Ayuk nice, man. Ayuk nice. I was talking to, I think, Foots about this. I like to see... um, Deron Bland on, and he played on him, by the way. But I like to see Deron Bland on Ayuk in this game a lot. Focus on McCaffrey, 100%. 100%. Uh, put Gilly on Debo. I was talking about that again with Foots, where I think Gilly and Debo matchup is 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 much better to me. Um, I think he was talking about Izzy. I just don't I don't see where Izzy fits here unless, you know, Juwan Jennings, cause, because because. We have our nickel guy back. That's the thing. Like you got your nickel guy back. Deron Bland's going to handle the outside. Uh, maybe you, you you keep Izzy active in case, you know, there's some injuries. But uh, I think you're good to go from a nickel standpoint. I don't think you really need to uh, dig into that bag just yet. That's the that's the play I'm talking about, Jose. That pick on, well, almost pick on IU. That's the play I'm talking about, bro. Like, you got to come down with that. Like, he's a rookie. I get it. I'm about to be complaining. But hindsight 2020, right? Like, you you make that play, you know, could change the game. Same thing with Diggs. You make that play, could change the game. Could change the game. Dan Quinn needs to go in his bag of tricks. Don't get too tricky. Against Brock. Saxon blitzing him from the outside. Don't get too tricky. Because one thing I don't like is when he does get cute. And uh, we start to see a whole bunch of 
light boxes and Micah Parsons is your defensive tackle, nose tackle. Like, yeah, that's silly. Uh, one thing I did notice, though, when watching this film from last year, I saw I, I saw a lot, a, a lot of LVE on the edge. Get LVE getting pushed. I saw a lot of LVE on the edge. Um, and maybe that was a precursor to what we were going to see in this game. I'm here to tell you right now. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see LV on the edge, man. Right. Has he made a play on the edge this year? Seems to be a wasted down to me. I don't want to see it, man. The guru said we got cute against Arizona. I think we did too. Don't get cute, man. It's all there in front of you. I I I just from again, once again, not trying to be arrogant or anything. I feel extremely confident about this side of the ball because we've seen it. The other side of the ball, we talked about it yesterday. I'm actually confident because of the scheme, but we ain't seen it yet. So it's kind of like it's more of a wait and see approach. We we know damn well that the 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 trilo- the trio of McCarthy, Kellen, and Dax offense against that Niners defense is a no no. The trilogy of McCarthy, Schottenheimer, and Dak, we don't know yet. We don't know. And, and the things that we're doing this year actually are what work what works well. And we talked about this in depth yesterday. What works well against that Niners defense. So last year, it might have been more of a, a fake confidence, if I'm going to be honest, because like I said, I didn't know that we if we were going to have the answers, especially with those uh, weapons or lack thereof weapons. This year, different story. I mean, this is Michael Gallup is back, right? Uh, Brandon Cooks is is not Noah Brown. Lamb is Lamb. I like, I like Ferguson over Schultz. The backfield, longest TP don't go down. Offensive line, I'm not going to have Tyron properly, but I think we can we can we can mitigate that. And uh, and the scheme, that's the number one important thing to me. Is the scheme plays into our favor this year and not theirs. So but this still is still a TBD. This matchup is not a TBD to me. This matchup, we've seen it. I think we know how to have success against it. Uh we just got to go out there and execute in my opinion. All right? I know short one. My bad. I got y'all tomorrow. But it's Niners week, and we don't want to regurgitate too much via the phones all week. We can save it for tomorrow. I'll just let y'all go at it. But do me a favor on the way out. Please hit the like button if you enjoyed today's show. If you missed it, uh, the Scientific Method with Patrick Nosey Walker. Run this thing back. Um, he's dropping a lot of nuggets on these injury situations, and he drop, gives, us, gives us his X factor as well. Mo will be back on later to continue to talk about this matchup, A to Z Sports Primetime, and then, of course, We'll pick things back up over on the volume. So if you didn't get everything in today, come on over on the volume with me and Vash Lombardi. We'll holler at you about this matchup as well. So uh, a lot more to get to uh, from, I believe we're also doing this, Cowboys defense against their offense on, on Vacha's show as well. So I'm not sure if we have phones there, but if he does, call in there. But I'll have them open tomorrow, and, and we'll just do a fan Friday to get all your guys' uh, opinions on the game and thoughts on the game as well, with that said, always got to find these damn buttons, man. Like 17 people over here. I have no idea. Push the goddamn button. Push the goddamn button. I push it. I be feeling like they're yelling at me now. I might take that away. Appreciate y'all. Come on back through tomorrow morning. We'll pick this back up. 
I got my key matchups. We've been doing that for every week, and I think they've been working out well. Key matchups to the game, and then we'll basically just hear from you guys uh, about your feelings and thoughts and nerves and whatnot, or confidence going into it. Appreciate you. Got it. Love you. Peace.